Ciao Bella, good listener, and happy baptisms to all. It is I, the High Almoner Kevin, and I do solemnly welcome you once and always to the Church of Better Movies. Tonight, join me in embarking on an epic quest to understand the insane ramblings of a wheelchair-bound, dying old Irish laborer, determined in his final days to tell anyone who will listen his entire life history. Exciting things like how he used to drive trucks in terrible makeup, how he hung out with Bad Lieutenant, Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag, and The Godfather Jr. himself, how unions rose and fell, and how finally he, spoiler alert, murdered Jimmy Hoffa. Yes, it's The Irishman, directed by Martin Scorsese, a twilight romp through the final stages of egregious human life, and its eventual plodding avalanche into sweet, voluptuous death. Yes, it's another rumination on mob life, and another of Marty's odes to the Italian-American experience. Through the course of this film's titanic and gargantuan three-and-a-half-hour runtime, you'll experience all the fruits of a normal, stable Italian-American lifestyle. Italians baptizing each other, Italians smoking cigarettes, Italians committing brutal acts of violence right after spaghetti dinner, and of course, Italians going to more baptisms. It's La Cosa Nostra, and you better keep your mouth shut and your head wet. So who's this old man spilling all the sweet, sweet minestrone? Why, it's Robert De Niro, the taxi driver man himself, here to wear gallons of thick makeup, punch dudes like an old man, and stammer uncontrollably. Marty's got the whole gang back together this time, Joe Pesci in his least rude role ever, barely bracing himself back from a flurry of racial epithets. Al Pacino, still blind from the scent of a woman, and many others you may remember from such mafia classics as Goodfellas, The Sopranos, and The E Street Band. The film also features a mute Anna Paquin, fresh off the success of Fly Away Home, and a stunning performance from the man everyone is required to adore, Ray Romano. Your love for him must be mandatory. Open on the real-life version of Springfield Retirement Castle, where a decrepit, rambling murderer takes us on a trip down memory lane, much like other, better Scorsese movies, but sadly not featuring Marty's mom and dad, rest in peace. Frank, alternatively our erstwhile hero and reluctant villain, proceeds to tell us a rambling, uneven, and chronologically phobic, I don't even know if that's a thing, story of how he killed Jimmy Hoffa for Winston Wolf and a guy who failed to rob little Kevin McAllister. Let's see if we can sort out all the layers in this plot, which, like its main character, are rapidly deteriorating. Present day, Frank is an old man telling a story about how, when he was a slightly younger elderly man, he and Leo Getz from Lethal Weapon went on a road trip with their wives, and on this road trip, Frank reminisced about an earlier time in his life when he was a very young old man. The layers of story here are thick and full of tomato sauce, almost like a lasagna, which may I remind you, is Italian. Frank remembers how his truck broke down one time and Joe Pesci helped fix the transmission, which immediately allowed him to skyrocket through the Mafia to its top levels of lower middle management. Frank, a union man through and through, does all the things all good union men must do, like attending baptisms, attending union meetings, committing Mafia-style, or Italian-style, gangland hits, and of course, ignoring and scarring his children for life. Anna Paquin plays his daughter all grown up, and the less said about her would be more lines than she had in the whole movie. 
After a certain point, she never speaks to Frank again, because Frank is a known house painter, which is urban Italian slang for shooting people in the face when they don't pay those sweet, sweet protection ducats. Peggy, subscribing to moral absolutism, frowns on this. But Frank must provide for his family, and therefore his children must suffer. Hilarious. At its core, The Irishman is a family-style comedy, with some minor assassinations and several uses of naughty language. The Plot Frank, an aging former union leader and mafioso, which is redundant, regales an audience of whom we think is no one, but is in fact a likely pedophile and member of the clergy on the better facts of his life. They are as follows. He was a truck driver. His truck broke down. Russell Bufalino, a businessman and mafia boss, which is redundant, helps him fix his truck. Frank is now indentured into a life of Italian family servitude, which he will only escape by both of two methods, being a dumb schmuck who blindly follows orders and living to an excruciatingly venerable age, therefore outliving all the guys who might want you dead. So actually, probably just the first one. Frank, armed only with his fiercely mindless loyalty, his artistic bent, and the personality of a welcome mat, drives ever deeper and deeper into the world of organized crime, which distances him from his family, most notably his daughter Peggy. That is until Frank is hired by union big shot Jimmy Hoffa as personal security and BFFs forever. If you have even a small semblance of your brain left after we removed it, you should still be able to understand where this is all going. Into a buddy comedy meets the public enemy. It really cannot be understated how many times Marty Scorsese has remade that James Cagney film, because he's made it not once, not twice, but now three times. Some other side stuff. Harvey Keitel appears briefly, but beautifully as always, as mob boss Angelo Bruno. Brian Cranston stars as Sh- No, wait, sorry, I watched Drive right before this and I can't get Ryan Gosling's face out of my pants. Anyway, stuff happens and houses get painted and the Wikipedia page for Jimmy Hoffa is resourced. In the end, Frank dies alone in 2003 and therefore had to live with the horror of 9-11 and also never got to play a Nintendo DS. A lot of stuff happens in this movie, and unless you are a boomer historian, you will need an encyclopedia of the 1970s to watch. Have you ever heard of the Colombo family and the Italian-American Civil Rights League? Well, the movie doesn't tell you about it either. It just shows a man being shot, and unless you were Marty Scorsese's age in 1970, you probably have no idea what's going on. This happens a lot in The Irishman, to the point where you would probably have a better idea if you did your own gratuitous investigation on each and every aspect of the Hoffa disappearance and murder case, at which point you will have surpassed the film in knowledge and will no longer need to watch it. Congratulations, I will then say, as you ascend to a plane of existence greater than my own, full of free time and delicious, scrumptious knowledge. Then you can spend your hard-earned three and a half hours doing something useful for humanity, like calisthenics or masturbating the many feral cats I know you have. You could read a book or debate someone on the internet. The world would be your oyster. However, I am saying all of this in jest, like the mincing, debaucherous fool that I am. I do highly suggest watching this film on several important conditions. You will enjoy this film if you like Scorsese's films, or gangster films in general, or you are just a fan of rewriting history to make it fun and accessible to a wider audience. 
Make what more fun and accessible to a wider audience, you asked? Good old-fashioned feudalism. Haven't recently become hopelessly obsessed with the PC game Crusader Kings 2. I feel like I understand and even sympathize with your everyday, run-of-the-mill mafioso. Yes, the struggle which I also deal with in gouging these unbearable and unwashed peasants of all their hard-earned cash has prepared me for my eventual downward spiral into a life of crime. Feudalism is necessary in today's go-go 90s world, as the youth placated by their battle royale shooters and Funko Pops deserve nothing less than horrible plagues and dying in unnecessary foreign wars. However, a balance must be struck between these, your loyal subjects, and their oppressive Italian-American overlords. Just like in the real world, manlets are not allowed. No, in this world, the destiny of mankind is controlled by some transcendental entity or law. The law of the bada-bing, bada-boom. It is a cold world where your assassin will greet you with open arms before splattering your brains all over the 70s stucco wall in a fetching shade of goop. A world where every mob conspiracy theory is true, from Joey Mousepad killing JFK to the Lombardian cornering of the good beef market. I'm actually surprised that the Mafia hasn't subjugated the whole world under their well-seasoned and empiric garlic bread rule. At this point in my essay, I must pause and ask myself, what's the deal with mafiosos anyway? Why is everyone hating on them? Seems like much less dangerous than dealing with normal, healthy politicians, or understanding and totally not going to beat the shit out of you with a nightstick police of your fair city. And I'm sure you get a healthy dose of pasta, which I have yet to receive from my local constituent-appointed civil servants. I'm just saying that if someone broke into my house, I'd trust Polly Walnuts to hunt down and violently decapitate the perpetrators, while I'd trust the local police to. Well, I wouldn't trust the local police. Then again, that would make me a serf to the dominion of Tony Soprano, and my life forfeit, save for doing menial tasks like robbing pawn shops with Oscar Isaac, damn you, sexy Ryan Gosling. In the end, they'd lower me into a pine box, my lips swollen from the violent Vienna sausage beatings, my life foreshamed, and they didn't even use the good Italian sausages to desecrate my corpse. But at least we'll always have the pasta. Al Pacino waltzes in sometime after the first hour to drop a hot and sweaty performance as the man, myth, magician, and legend, Jimmy Hoffa. A man who, when he died, probably had no idea he'd join the ranks of Elvis, D.B. Cooper, and Salman Rushdie as famous disappeared dudes featured in a joke in a far side Sunday comic strip by Gary Larson. Pacino shines as Hoffa, his accent perfectly mimicking sound recordings of the man himself, once again proving that he is one of the most important actors in Hollywood. But he and De Niro are alone at that level in this movie. Pesci, Keitel, and most of the rest of the cast are given so little to do, you could have probably cut them from the film, and no one would have noticed, because they were sleeping. If I haven't made it clear, this film is incredibly long. How long, you ask? Well, you could watch all of Kurosawa's The Seven Samurai and two episodes of My Little Pony Friendship is Magic, you fucking brony, in the time it took me to finish this epic. But I don't think you'd be any better off. In fact, I know you wouldn't, you beautiful degenerate you. 
My official score for the Irishman is 12 hearts and stars over 11 horseshoes. No clovers or blue moons, but my actual score is 4 out of 5. It is definitely a good movie and enjoyable to watch, but if you've seen Goodfellas and Casino, I don't think you really have to see this movie, because you've already seen it twice. The Irishman breaks no new ground, but does serve as a nice reminder of death for the elderly masses still clinging dearly to their meaningless, horrible lives. The film is available on Netflix and will be in theaters soon, and if you see it in a theater, I recommend the first half hour or any time Anna Paquin appears on screen as the most opportune times to take a bathroom break. Personally, I watched it on my Nintendo 3DS because I have bipolar disorder and am a masochist. In fact, by the time you hear this, Nintendo would have probably ended support for Netflix on the 3DS, meaning you will never be able to do that, except for right now. But I don't know about that. I may have just made it all up. As always, this episode was brought to you by the Church of Better Movies and the support of our many devoted and deplorable listeners. Follow us on iTunes, Facebook, Instagram, and remember to like, share, and do the things. And always, good night, good luck, and go fuck yourself. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. My movie. Better. What is it? I know what it's called. What is it called? Kevin. Dylan. You ready? Son of a bitch. Oh, no, trying to tell me that I can dodge bullets? The wrong side of the river. I'm Michael George. Stop it. Get some help. Tony Mona, the terrorist, had the president's daughter in the old bean factory off the 101. <laughs> Too bad you will die. <laughs> this spirit is despicable. What's-his-name show?